as wives, we don't understand it when our husbands begin to change from being that caring and godly man that we married. When instead of wanting to be in church or be with a family, they're wanting to hang out with their friends all night or to lock themselves in a room with their computer or with their phones. And we're hurt by this and we beg and plead with them to change their ways, to go to counseling or to do whatever it takes to change this because we just want our husbands back again. That man that we married, we want him back. However, what we are seeing is oftentimes just the outward effects of a much deeper problem concerning the heart. So today, girls, we're chatting about what that real problem is and how you as his wife can stand in the gap to bring your husband back and save your marriage. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time, and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. When our husband changes and begins to act ungodly, maybe he's swearing all the time, he's drinking and hanging out with his friends until all hours of the night or morning, or keeping himself away from everybody, locking himself in a room to play video games or to be looking at other things on the screen that he should not be looking at. When they do this kind of thing, it hurts us and it hurts our relationship with them. And we see this as a problem and we just want it to stop. So we beg them and plead with them and we talk to them until we are blue in the face and ask them to change their ways and to stop doing this to no avail. As a matter of fact, sometimes things seem to get worse. As hurtful and as frustrating as these things are, if we really want to bring change, then we must look past these outward effects to the real problem, which is their heart and in regards to their relationship with Christ. Most of us who have seen the movie, The War Room, we love it because we see this faithful woman who prayed for her husband and God changed his heart and restored their marriage. She didn't wallow in her own hurt feelings and what she wanted to be different about her husband, but with the help of a godly mentor, she saw past these things to the real problem. Her husband was being led astray by the enticing of the enemy 
and worldly lust. For some of us, we need to be that faithful woman who stands in the gap for her husband, to pray fervently and daily to aid in the spiritual battle that is raging in your husband's heart, not just for your own happiness or even to save your marriage, but for the sake of your husband, for the enemy to be defeated, for your husband to be brought back into a right relationship with God and to have God's blessings in his life again and to be able to live that life that God has planned for him. So then what is this real problem? And what you see on the outside, so that selfishness that you see, that lying and maybe even cheating, but what's really going on is a heart issue. And it goes back to that age-old problem that we saw in the Garden of Eden. It has to do with our own sinful desires and the enemy who is there ready to pounce at any given moment, trying to figure out how he can crack that armor, break into it one way or another. There is a reason that we are warned about Satan in scripture, and we cannot ignore it. We are told that the enemy seeks whom he may devour. And we are clearly told this in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, where it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You don't have to look for him. Your husband doesn't have to look for him. He is looking for you. And he's looking for your husband and he's looking for any way that he can cause division between the two of you, that he can cause problems, that he can lead one of you astray and to break up your marriage. That is his goal. And you are not alone in this. The enemy will try to make you think that you're alone, that your husband is the only one who is doing this, that you're the only one who is falling prey to sin or having difficulties in your marriage. And that is not the case. You're not alone in this. And it happens to just about everyone at one time or another. We are also tempted by our own sinful desires, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In James 1, verses 14 and 15, we're told, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when his desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So it is not only the enemy that brings this on, but we also bring it on ourselves with our own sinful desires. And you can rest assured that the enemy has his whole host of angels that have fallen with him, and they are helping in this every step of the way and trying to lead people away and tempting them with their own sinful desires and in trying, like I said, to break into that armor any way that they can and to lead them to a path of destruction. And notice the progression that's in this. It says, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So it starts with a thought, with some kind of an enticement, one that initially seems harmless and no big deal. Oh, I'm not going to fall into any trap or into any sin. Or we, you know, we try to rationalize why it's okay. Like we know that this is probably a problem, that it's probably a sin and going to lead to an issue, but we rationalize why it's going to be okay. And we're not going to be the ones to fall into this. And our husbands have done the same thing. We all do this at some point or another, probably 
very often more than we would even like to admit. And this death that it's talking about is separation from God. Not that you're going to lose your salvation or your husband's going to lose his salvation, but that we're not in fellowship with God. We don't have that closeness to him. In the same way that we learn about the prodigal son and that he walked away from the Lord and then finally came back. Girls, if your husband is doing this, then you are seeing firsthand what this looks like to not be in fellowship with God. And this is one of the reasons why it's so hurtful because you love your husband and you see that what he's doing is not good. It's not good for him. It's not good for your family. It's not good for your relationship. And it's going to lead to a path of destruction, which is one of the reasons why it is so difficult for us to watch our husbands in this and to see this and why we know that it needs to change. And just because we are believers, doesn't mean that we won't fall prey to this. In 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18, it says, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away by the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Any one of us can be led astray because we are enticed by the world or by our own sinful desires, where the grass is seemingly greener on the other side. And then when we get there, we realize that it's not. There is a reason that we are warned in Ephesians 4 verses 14 and 15, where it says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So did you hear that? The trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. We generally don't think that way. But trust me, there are people that do. And the enemy, Satan, definitely does. It is all around us in our world today, everywhere that we look. And the enemy is constantly after us, constantly after our husbands and after our marriages. These verses also tell us how to keep this from happening in our own lives. In 2 Peter, we were told to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then in Ephesians, it said, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So we must be diligent to be growing and to be grounded in the word of God. We must be reading our Bibles. We must be learning what it says and applying it to our lives, attending church, attending Bible study. I cannot reiterate this enough because if we are not in God's word all the time and constantly being fed and constantly being strengthened by it, we will fall prey to this and we will have issues. We also must not follow in our husband's footsteps in participating in sin with him or in our own sin when we react to his poor behavior. So in not becoming angry and bitter or resentful or selfish because of what they're doing to us, and we're doing this out of like a retaliation and an attitude, but continuing to be the submissive, respectful wife that God has called us to be. So then how do we bring our husbands back? What do we need to do? And to bring them back into a right relationship with Christ, to get the man back that we married. To do this, we must be strong and we must be willing to stand in the gap. 
If your husband has been led astray by the enemy, he probably doesn't even realize it. Like seriously, I know this kind of sounds like an excuse, but it isn't because they get these blinders on. Those who are in sin, not just guys, but any of us who are in sin like this, we get these blinders on. And he's probably looking at himself in the mirror and doesn't even know who he is. And he doesn't know how to get out of it. Like he got himself here, but he cannot see a way out. He is blinded by the enemy and by his own sinful desires. And he needs you. He needs you to stand in the gap and to fight for him. Just like that faithful woman in the War Room movie. And so what do I mean by this? How do we stand in the gap for our husbands? And so there are three things that we need to do. The first one being know your enemy. If you're like me, you never wanted anything to do with Satan. As a matter of fact, you will notice that I generally do not call him by his name. I call him the enemy because I just really don't like him and don't want to have anything to do with him. And I had this thought that, you know, if I left him, him alone, he would leave me alone. And that is so not the case because he doesn't. He's always after, always trying to fill my mind with condemning thoughts and why is my husband doing this? And what is that? And da, 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 da. And they're all just him. And I have to, I've learned to push them aside and what those things are that he tries to do in my life. I have already given you scriptures as to who the enemy is and how he seeks to destroy people's lives. But there is one more example that I want to give you because I think that it really brings this home. And it's from the book of Job. And Job was a righteous man. He followed God. He did what God wanted. God blessed him because of it. He had a full, fruitful life. And Satan contended that he was only righteous because God had put a hedge of protection around him and that God had blessed him. Therefore, we read in Job's 111, it says, therefore, the enemy said to God, but now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely Curse you to your face. That is the enemy's goal. He wants to make you or your husband as a believer curse God to his face. Like, does that not touch you? Because I think about that and go, oh my goodness. Because like the last thing I ever want to do is curse God to his face or get to that point where I feel like that's what I want to do. But that's the enemy's goal. That's what he is trying to do. The second thing that we must do is prepare for spiritual warfare. Because girls, that is what this is. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4, we read, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds. So we do not war in the flesh. And thankfully, the weapons that we have are also not from our flesh, but they are mighty in God for pulling down of his strongholds, of this enemy's strongholds. And then Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 tells us, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, 
against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. There is a reason why that movie is titled The War Room, because that is what this is. It is war. This is not a battle of the flesh that we can fight on our own, but a spiritual battle against the wiles of the devil, against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness. Girls, do not be deceived. This is what is happening. Therefore, we must prepare for spiritual battle, and we do this by taking up the whole armor of God. If your husband is being led astray, enticed by the enemy or his own sinful desires, then this is absolutely what you need to fight for your husband and to fight for your marriage. The only way to prepare for this battle is to know what the armor of God is, what he has provided for us, and how to use it. We learn about the armor of God in Ephesians 6 verses 14 through 18 where it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints." Not too long ago, I did a four-part series on who the enemy is and how to use the armor of God to fight back. It's episodes 38 through 41. They're titled The Real Enemy in the Battle for Your Marriage and How to Fight Back. In these episodes, I give more insights as to who the enemy is and what his tactics are, how he uses them to deceive us as well as what each piece of the armor is that we have and how we are to use them. I highly recommend that you go and listen to each one of them carefully. Learning how to recognize the enemy's tactics and his attacks and knowing how to use the armor of God effectively to fight back. Now, right now you may be thinking, wait a minute, if this is my husband's spiritual battle, doesn't he need to fight this on his own? Like, why do I need to be a part of this? Why is this on me? And ladies, no, he doesn't need to fight this on his own. You definitely can come along and help him. And you have nothing to lose and everything to gain by doing so. As a matter of fact, scripture tells us that you who are strong, restore such a one. And it tells us that in Galatians 6 verses 1 and 2, and it says, brethren, If a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So where it says you who are spiritual, this is not referring to like pastors and teachers and those people who like know their Bibles from cover to cover, but it's anyone who is seeking to do the Lord's will and to follow his word. And if you're listening to this podcast, then I feel that it's safe to assume that this is you because you're seeking the Lord and his word for help in your marriage. So that's all that God asked for 
is for you who are spiritual, you who are seeking to do what God wants us to do, then if a man is overtaken in any trespass, if he is caught up in an habitual sin or turning away from God and his precepts, then you who are spiritual, bring them back, help to restore that person to a right relationship with Christ. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 and 18, we are further told, now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for both yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we're told to warn those who are unruly, to comfort the faint-hearted, and to uphold the weak. So again, those who are struggling, those who are having a hard time, who are weak in their faith, who are being led down a path of destruction, then we are to come alongside and to comfort them and to lift them up and to encourage them. You know, not too long ago, I noticed had something about my husband. He had like things were going well. He was excited about our website for our business and things were going well. And he was telling me what was going on and da, 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 and everything was good. And then all of a sudden one day, his attitude like completely flipped and he was discouraged. And I don't know if this is ever going to work and da, 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 and all these condemning thoughts. And I went, wait a minute, like what just happened to all of those good things that you were talking about like three or four days ago? How did this, you know, switch just flip? And I told him, I go, you know, I think you're listening to the enemy here because you just told me about all these things that were going great. And now you have all these condemning thoughts and condemning thoughts are from the enemy. And he's looking at me going, you're right. I think I am. And then he prayed about it and completely changed his attitude. Oftentimes we can see those things from the outside that those who are in it, who are in the middle of it and have those condemning thoughts and who are having the enemy, you know, feed them all these lies, they don't see it, but we can see it on the outside looking at them and we need to help them and encourage them and lift them up in this. Through all of this, we need to be patient with our husbands. And I know this is super difficult because what they're doing is hurting us. And it's hard and we hate to see it and we take it personally. A lot of times, girls, it's not even really personal. It's just their own struggle within themselves. But it's hard for us not to see that. It's hard for us not to feel that. But we need to be sure that we are not returning evil for evil, but pursuing what is good for all. To come alongside them and encourage them and to continue in the faith, to encourage them to continue in the faith and that God will see them through. I'm afraid that we often have this view of, this is your problem and you need to fix it because it's affecting me and I don't like it, or it's affecting my family, our family, and we don't like it. When what we should be doing is going to our husbands and saying, hey, I'm seeing this behavior change in you and you used to want to do this and now you're doing this over here so What's your thought process? What's going on? Is there something that we can discuss? Is there something that I can come alongside you and help you? Is there something that I'm doing that's helping to cause this? What is happening? How can we pray together? What can we do to be able to fix this together? And But oftentimes, we'll just go to them and say, you're doing this and you just need to stop. 
And we need to look at this in a different light, ladies, and in a different way. So the third thing that we need to do to stand in the gap for our husbands is help in fighting the battle. The enemy is trying to take your husband and to ruin your marriage. And this is just as much your battle as it is his. Like I said before, you have nothing to lose in fighting this battle, but you have everything to gain because you gain your husband back. You gain your marriage back. You gain that family life that you have always wanted to have in the Lord. That is what you gain. That is what you are fighting for. There are four ways that we can help our husbands fight this battle. And ladies, get your pen and paper if you haven't already, but get a pen and paper and write these things down. The first one is daily fervent prayer. Seeking the Lord's guidance in his direction every step of the way, every thought, every conversation with your husband, every decision that you make, pray for the Lord's will to be done and for him to guide you and direct you in your speech, in your actions, in your reactions to your husband, in everything. James 5.16 tells us, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We are called to pray for one another and we are quick to pray for physical needs like so-and-so is sick or this person got hurt or you know whatever the case may be. But we need to pray for each other's spiritual needs as well and what our relationship is with Christ and in keeping that relationship strong. Praying for our husbands and their spiritual well-being all the time and to for the Lord to be keeping them away from temptation. Effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man is nothing more than consistent prayers from the heart, from someone who wants to follow God and God's will and his ways for his life. So don't be intimidated by that effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. I know that that can seem a bit intimidating, but don't be. It's just your loving prayers from your heart for your husband, for your marriage, and for God. You can also pray scriptures over your husband. This is a very, very effective way. So in Proverbs 20, verse 1, it says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler. Whoever is led astray by it is not wise. And you're like, trust me, I know I see this in my husband all the time. Okay, so pray for that. Pray for the Lord to show your husband that being led astray by this is not wise. In Proverbs 8.11, it says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. So pray for God to give your husband wisdom and to take the blinders off and to see what is happening and where he is being led astray. And then in Proverbs 5.23, it says, He shall die for lack of instruction, and in greatness of his folly he shall go astray. And then Proverbs 12, 1 says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. So pray for your husband these scriptures and saying, Lord, don't let my husband be stupid, but give him that wisdom. Give him a desire to have your wisdom and to love your instruction and to bring him back to you. See, as we pray these verses, as we pray God's will, over our husbands, over our marriages, then he answers those prayer. When we pray his will, he tells us that he hears us and that he answers those prayers. 
Psalm 1 verses 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Pray this over your husband, that he would not be walking in the counsel of the ungodly and standing in the path of sinners, but that he would delight in the law of the Lord and that he would meditate on it day and night. So one thing before we get on to the next way that you're going to help your husband in this, one thing I want to make very clear is that it takes time. It does not necessarily happen overnight, although to be honest, I have seen it where one night, you know, in the evening, the husband is, I don't want to be a part of this relationship. These are what I think my choices are, none of them being any good. And then the next morning, just it, it, it hit him. God just hit him and changed his heart and changed his ways. So can it happen that way? Yes. Does it normally happen that way? Should you expect it? No, because things happen in God's timing, not in our timing. That is why in Romans 12, 12, it says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. We need to be patient with our husbands. We need to continuing steadfastly in prayer. Steadfastly is to constantly, to continue, to not give up, to keep going. And this is going to happen in God's timing, not yours. And we can trust in God in this because he is faithful. But what I don't want you to do is say, okay, I prayed today or I prayed all week and I don't see any changes. You may not see the changes. You know, God works in our hearts and it may not be an outward effect for a while. So you need to have your hope and your trust in the Lord and trusting that he is going to see you through and that he is answering your prayers and that he is working in this because this is what he wants for your life. So trust him in this. But be careful not to be praying and to be constantly seeking, you know, for changes or little notations of this is different or that's different. You know, ask God to see, you know, when when these things might be different. But be careful not to have that high expectation because sometimes it takes time and we have to give God his timing and have it done in his timing and in his ways. The second way that you help your husband to fight this battle is with the armor of God. Know what the armor of God is and how to use it and to stand firm in fighting the battle. You cannot fight this on your own. All of the talking, asking, begging, you know, trying to get your husband to change is more likely going to push him away than to change anything about him. Girls, the silent treatment that I'm not going to be intimate with you until you do what I want, these things do not work. They only bring more problems and they're only you sinning as a reaction to your husband's sin. Okay. So please don't be doing these things. We are to remain to be the godly, submissive, respectful wife that God has called us to be. That is our focus. If you are not familiar with the armor of God, then read Ephesians 6. Look at those, listen to those episodes that I told you about before, and I will put the first one, I'll put a link to it in the show notes so that you'll be able to get to it easily. 
but listen to those. And then if you want to do a deeper study on this, there is a great study by Priscilla Shire and she has a great study book and videotapes to go with it and everything. But get that if you want to, because that is an excellent study book to do it as well. All right. So the third way that you help your husband in this is to believe in the truth of God's word. Believe in his truth and not in what the world says. What is written in self-help books and psychology books, 99% of that stuff is just more lies from the enemy because he is the ruler of this world and that is where those things come from. And so we need to not be listening to them. True wisdom and knowledge is found only in God's word. He is the one who created you. He's the one that created your husband. He's the one that created marriage. And therefore, he is the expert. He tells us in James 1, 5, that if we ask for wisdom, he will be faithful to give it to us. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Girls, if you ask for wisdom, if you ask for God to help you, he absolutely will. Proverbs 2, 6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So seek God's wisdom and guidance for your marriage. What it is to be a godly submissive wife who respects her husband and follow God in this, despite how your husband may be acting, despite his behavior, what he's doing, how he's hurting you, turn your focus away from him and on to God and what God wants you to do. Do not respond to his poor behavior with more of the same but be an example to him, an example of faith in Christ, an example of Christ's love and forgiveness. Remembering that you are responsible for your relationship with Christ. You can't go to the Lord and say, well, my husband wasn't a leader or my husband did this or that and that's why I acted this way or that's why I didn't follow you in this. That doesn't cut it. We are responsible for our own relationship with Christ and how we follow him or how we don't. In Jeremiah 17, 10, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So conduct yourself in a godly manner, making the fruit of your doings honoring to God. And then in Proverbs 3, 6, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Seek his wisdom, like I said before, for every conversation, for every decision, for every action. Girls, I have done this. I have been in a situation where I was in waters I had no idea how to get out of. I did not know what to do. I did not know the right decisions to make, the right words to speak, the right actions to take, none of it. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I need you. I need you to help me through this. I need you to walk me through this through to the other side so that I can get through this and that everything is going to be okay. And he did in an amazing way. He did in things that I had absolutely no idea, but words that I had said and actions that I had done that had effects and influences that I had no idea how that they were going to turn out, but God did. And I followed those things and I trusted him in this and he brought me through. And that is actually 
the fourth way that we help our husbands, that we help to fight this battle is to trust in God for the outcome. You know, in looking back at the trials of my life, and I actually sat down one time and I just looked back and I said, Lord, of all the things that I have been through, and trust me, there have been many, what have you taught me? What is the common denominator? What is the one thing that you have taught me, Lord, through every single one of these things? And it was that I could trust him for the outcome, even when I couldn't see what it was, but I could still trust him. Our hope is in Christ. It is in his power and in his sovereignty, not in what we see before us, not in what the world thinks or what somebody may tell you, you know, on Facebook or what your best friend may even say, but our hope is in Christ. It is in his wisdom. It is in his sovereignty. It is in his power and his love for us. That is where our hope is. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding because we have these finite minds that cannot see the future, but we serve a God who is infinite, who knows what the path is, who knows what the future holds and is sovereign over it. And then Psalm 37, 5 says, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. We can trust in this. We can trust that if we ask him, he will help us, that he will guide us, and that he will bring it to pass. Before you go, I just want to take this time and just pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I lift up these ladies to you. They are fighting a battle, a spiritual battle that they cannot fight on their own. They want their husbands back. They want their marriage back. They want that godly designed marriage that you have described for them in your word. And Lord, they need your help. And I know that you will help them. I know that you will come alongside them and you will lift them up and you will make them strong. Lord, show them what your armor is. Show them how to use it and to fight this battle with you. Lord, show them that you care for them and that you care for your husbands and that you can prevail, that you have the victory over the enemy who have already won this. Lord, help them to see that. Help them to be strong and to fight this. Help them to come to you with every decision that they make, with seeking you for guidance, Lord, and how to take care of this. And Lord, I pray for their husbands. I pray that you would bind up the enemy that is leading them astray. I pray that you would stop whoever is feeding them lies, if it's their own sinful desires or for whatever it is, Lord, but that you would intervene and that you would stop this from happening, that you would take the blinders off of their eyes and that they would see what is happening and see you and see to seek you for how to come back and that they can come back and they can come back to you and they can come back to their family and to their wives and that you can restore them. Lord, I pray this over each and every marriage that is struggling, Lord, because we know that you are faithful, that you love us, that you guide us, and that you are victorious. And we ask these things in your precious heavenly name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. 
This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.